This is the Insulone podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, anybody who says to you, you shouldn't have any highs, you shouldn't have any lows, doesn't actually understand what it's like to live with the condition. That's just a fact. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. How's it going? Welcome back to the Insulone Podcast. As always, we are delighted that you're here to join us for another episode of the podcast. Myself and Graham were chatting just before we press record, and we had a number of different questions to go through from Instagram and emails that have come through. So if you have questions, let us know. Let us know through email. Let us know through Instagram. We answer them in more detail on the podcast. But I'm just off one of my group calls in or inside the Type 1% program. We do weekly Zoom calls multiple times a week, and we cover different topics. And I'm just off one of the group calls that we have done. And me and Graham were thinking, will we, will we answer these questions? Will we go through these questions? And I thought, do you know what? Let me relay some of the questions or one question in particular that we went through on my group call today because I think it's relevant and important for everybody who listens to this podcast because you probably live with diabetes or you probably have boyfriend, girlfriend, parent, sibling, child living with diabetes. And in my opinion, this is an important question. Graham, what do you think the question is? What is the question? Is it a question that was put to you or you put to people? I put to people. All right, let me think. I can, I can get this. <laughs> Graham's been doing this podcast for three years. So let's see yeah. if he, even if it's a completely, a completely different question, let's see if he comes up with a relevant question okay. based off okay, okay. three I- years experience. <laughs> And I feel like because I'm not diabetic, I get to have one clue from Owen as to what area it is in, and then I'm going to hit you with the answer. Okay, it's not a, not going to give you a specific area, but I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna tell you that it's a question that the answer is completely subjective to the person. What does type one diabetes mean to you? Oh, do you know what? That's actually really, that's surprisingly close to what the question is. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Before the clue, I was going to say why pre-bolusing is so important. Expand on that, what you will. Mm. But because you said it was a subjective, I don't think pre-bolusing is subjective. I think it's very important. So what was the actual question? Wow, I'm, I'm, that is a good question to ask. Maybe I'll ask that next week. The question was, and the question is to you listening right now, what is control to you? So you're very close, Graham. Yep, am I? I'll give, I'll I think give you're being very 50%. kind to me with that. 
Again. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so this is a question that I, I just asked and we just went through in much more detail when the group call that we had inside the program. But I wanted to relay it here because, in my opinion, it is an important question to know the answer to when you live with type 1 diabetes. And it is completely subjective because... Something I feel really passionately about is, and if you are listening to this and you're in our Type 1% program, you know we speak about this a lot, but it is the idea that success is a feeling, not a thing, not a number. And when we live with Type 1 diabetes, it's very common for us to tie our worth or to tie our emotion or to tie our success, quote unquote success, to a number. Because we see and think about numbers all the time. We think about numbers with food. We think about numbers with insulin. We think about numbers with our CGM, if we have one, our blood glucose meter, if we have one. And it's really easy for us to think, I am a really good diabetic if my blood sugar is... 70, 80, 90, 100% time and range. I'm a bad one if I'm not. Or I'm really, really good if my blood sugar is in this range below 8. If it's above, I'm not. And what I mean by saying the answer to that question is completely subjective is because, is because success with your diabetes is a feeling, not just a number. And what we were talking about in more detail today was the fact that, yes, it is really, really nice to see an increase in time and range going from 50 to 60 to 70 to 80 to 90, whatever it might be. But the most important part of it is how that feels. Because sometimes, like I often feel that we can become desensitized to the numbers because we see them all the time. It's like, I see these highs, I see these lows, I see this time and range. We just see it all the time. And sometimes we can become disconnected to what the number means. And I always like to try to stay connected to what those numbers mean. Because for me, I know firsthand that when my time and range is nice and high, yes, it's good to see the number, but the important thing for me is the success of what that feels like. Because I know when I'm in range more, when I'm higher time and range, I feel better. I can concentrate more. I perform better in the gym. I recover better when I'm asleep. But again, what's really important for you to be aware of is what that success or what that control is to you. For somebody, it might be 90% time and range or above. For you, it might be 70% time and range and above. And what we always need to remember is those numbers that we see can fluctuate from time to time. So if we have emotion connected to it too much, or that idea of success connected to it too much, when that number inevitably fluctuates from time to time because your life fluctuates your day fluctuates your hormones your stress your sleep fluctuates 
if you think that I'm only successful when my blood sugar is up at this point, you're setting yourself up for stress and frustration because those numbers change a lot. They hopefully don't change too much, but they can change a lot. And as well, something we spoke about today was the fact that your quote-unquote control may adapt or be adjusted or change to whatever circumstance you're in at that moment. So, for example, if I think that success to me or control to me is only 95% time and range, it's going to be, inevitably, it's going to be easier for me to hit those numbers when everything is exactly the same. I'm in a nice routine, a nice predictable routine. Whereas when life throws a curveball at you or you go on holidays or something happens where you can't give your diabetes as much time as you usually do and those numbers are affected, you're setting yourself up for stress. So what I always like to try and remind myself is success isn't just a number, it's a feeling. Do I feel energized? Do I feel confident in my blood sugar? Am I making good decisions around food, exercise, diabetes management? Do I sleep well? Do I perform well? These are all feelings. Like, do I feel happy? <laughs> you know, do I feel stressed? And what I think is really important for anybody living with type 1 to remember is, yes, have a very, very high standard for your blood sugar because essentially that's your health. That's what those numbers are. It's an indication of what your health is at or where your health is at. Have a high standard for that. But part of having a high standard for that is understanding that it's not always going to be exactly at that really high number that you want. That's just part of it. I have a question for you, Owen. Mm -hmm. Taking numbers completely out of it. And I want, I don't want multiple answers. I want the main thing. What is control to you? When are you at your most happy? Don't worry about time and range. You're one thing. When I'm not thinking about diabetes. When I'm not thinking about diabetes. Not that, let me elaborate on this. <clears throat> not that I'm not happy when I am thinking about diabetes because Inevitably, based on what I do and just the fact that I have type 1 diabetes, of course I think about it a lot. You can't not. Particularly if I have a podcast and my business is revolved around type 1 diabetes. I think about it a lot. But in my opinion, the, the ultimate, the top, top, top level that we should all be striving for with our type 1 diabetes management is having a high standard for our blood sugar where we know we feel at our best we feel most energized we feel most confident and clear and we stay at that place without even realizing we're in that place let me even elaborate slightly more on that to make more sense of it right the and this is actually something we spoke about just on the group call now as well the analogy that my nurse used to describe type 1 diabetes the 
the weekend I was diagnosed, the day I was diagnosed, is an excellent analogy. And she said to me, Owen, you're already doing it. Living your life with type yes. 1 diabetes is like stir- <laughs> stirring a pot. You live your life on one side, as long as you're constantly stirring that pot. It doesn't get too hot. It doesn't get too cold. It doesn't overflow, etc., etc. Really, really nice analogy to use. I specifically remember when I was getting used to my life with diabetes, thinking, why did she make it sound so easy? Stirring a pot sounds really simple because it's a very simple analogy, but it's a perfect analogy. And I remember thinking, how can it just be stirring a pot if I'm calculating my insulin? I'm injecting myself every time I eat. I'm worrying about these highs and lows. I'm trying to navigate my blood sugar around exercise, around sleep, around stress, around social events. I need to check my blood sugar in public. Yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. All these different things. But now, and over recent years, because I, like, look, as everyone knows, I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be. But because I... I'm really confident in my diabetes management. That analogy is almost more accurate because I am so confident of things now that I stir the pot without even realizing I'm stirring the pot. And that's the goal, in my opinion, with type 1 diabetes. I'm not saying it's easy. It's very difficult. But the ultimate goal is you being able to stir that pot keeping it at the perfect temperature the perfect level where you know you're energized you know you feel good you know you can live your life the way you want to live it and you don't even realize you're stirring the pot and another way that i look at that is what i call automatic management where essentially you're confident in your ratios. You're confident in your basal. You're confident in your exercise. You're confident in your stress. You're confident in your sleep. You're confident of your social life, all these different things. Things are just more habitual to you. And again, it's important to realize that even when you are really confident in your diabetes management, you're still going to have challenging times. That is just the reality of the condition. And I've said before on this podcast, and I'll say it again because it's really important. Anybody that tells you anything different doesn't have type 1 diabetes. Anybody who says to you, you shouldn't have any highs, you shouldn't have any lows, doesn't actually understand what it's like to live with the condition. That's just a fact. So for me, quote unquote perfect management is being up at a range that I'd like to be where I feel at my best but also having the ability to react and respond in a positive way as much as I can to when diabetes challenges you and I think I've said it probably relatively recently on this podcast one of my favorite quotes can't remember what it was or what it was referring to but i'll relate it to diabetes success with diabetes is essentially going day to day to day to day to day to day 
and not losing enthusiasm to manage your blood sugar every time you get out of bed. Even if yesterday was horrendous, can you make today better? Mm. Probably. I like that one. I like that way to end it. There, there we go. That's good. I like that. I can go on. I can go. I can go on. I know you can about about these things for days and days and days. I actually, what was (laughs) what was I only thinking about recently? I was thinking the amount of hours, Mm. probably equivalent in in days, if not weeks, at this stage, that Graham has listened to me talk about diabetes, rant about diabetes. And Graham probably has the most accurate and detailed inside look into my own brain than anybody else on the planet. It's true. <laughs> after, after all this time. I've calculated there that uh, if, if we average out, an average episode would be about an hour because the guests are about an hour and a half. And this will be about half an hour. Uh, I will have sit down and listened to exactly one week from start to finish, 7.25 days. <laughs> Not mad. May God help you. Maybe you listening right now have listened to the same amount. Maybe I'm 100% sure there are people who are listening to this who have listened to every single minute like me of the Insulin Podcast. And we thank you very, 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 very much for that. We do indeed. Can't say very nice enough. One. So we'll leave oh. it there. We said it'd be a nice, yep. precise, to the point episode. Hope this is helpful. Remember, your perspective on your diabetes is important. So I hope this podcast helps with that from time to time. As always, have a fantastic week. Look after your blood sugar. Look after yourself. We will speak to you next week. If you have any questions or topics, I always say Pacific and specific. Do you know I'm actually watching a a show (laughs) called The Pacific right now. So I keep saying- Oh, is it good? It is. It I've is seen, good. Yeah, I've seen it. It's not as good as Band of Brothers. Have you seen Band of Brothers? Oh, that was my lockdown view. And Band of oh, Brothers so, is so incredible. Good. Yeah. Oh my days! Uh, now we're talking about TV. What about Yellowstone? Anyone? Hey, any any uh, Insulone podcast listeners watching Yellowstone? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Yellowstone is, is the, the job. It's National the business. Park. Yeah, it's about Kevin Costner owns a ranch on Yellowstone and it is about the inner workings of his kids either trying to um, wrangle the the farm from him or don't wanting it at all. And it is phenomenal. And then there's spinoffs really? and then there's prequels. And uh, I know I know someone listening nodding their head going, yeah, Graham knows what's up when it comes to television. <laughs> he knows yeah. what's up. I'm always so wary of being being recommended series because I know if I get into something, I'll just just like plow through it and I won't do things that I want to do. Um, so ah, maybe, but I trust your judgment on most things. All all I'm saying is the first episode, first episode of Yellowstone. That's and if you don't like it after that, don't go near it. That's fine. Don't waste five seasons and two prequels. That's how they get you. Because you get something like because Breaking Bad was a slow start. Sopranos was a slow start, and and then boom, Breaking Bad. What was the first episode? Breaking Bad wasn't a slow start. 
I felt it was no, slow. The first episode slow. is where well Walter ends up in his underwear about like was that on, the first the episode thing. though? That was the I think that was the very first episode. Oh, that's, okay, that's how maybe it was in. It's like, it's like we're fish, and that's the that's the rod. I have my dog scratching my bare knee right now, and it's quite sore because I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> right, nobody wants to hear us talk about this kind of stuff. We will see you next. We will, we will speak to, speak to you next week. <clears throat> have a good week. Look after yourself. Take care. We love you. <laughs>